Hi, my name is Lou Eisen, boxing writer and historian and um, soon to be author. And I have to say, I'm 62. And of all the fights I've seen, I started watching boxing on my father's knee when I was two, three years old. The fight that took place in, in you know, November 30th, 1979 at Caesars Palace between world welterweight champion Wilfredo Benitez and number one challenger Sugar Ray Leonard is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, if not the greatest fight next to the Ali Frazier third fight. This was an incredible fight. It was two artists. They raised boxing to the level of art. It would be like Matisse uh, facing off against Monet. They were just absolutely brilliant. Um, coming into the fight, uh, it was an interesting thing Ray told me about this fight. First of all, uh, he had met. You read it in Ray's biography, but he told me this, that at the Hall of Fame, that um, when he went to visit Benitez in the early 2000s, and Benitez was quite ill at that time. You know, this is 27, 28 maybe. And Benitez now, I mean, the last I've seen him, he's maybe 100 pounds, he's in a wheelchair, but he's being helped by other people in boxing, especially John the Iceman Scully. Um, they watched a replay of their fight. And as they're watching the replay, Benitez, who, by the way, was autistic, doesn't mean he couldn't fight. You know, in fact, it probably meant he could fight better um, because of the high intelligence of most autistic people. But he said to Ray, he said, you know how long I trained for the fight? And Ray trained three, four months. So Ray assumed he's going to say a month, two weeks. He goes, how long? A week, two weeks? And goes, one day. Benitez trained one day. His father, Gregorio, said, I, I, you couldn't pay me 200 grand to make me stay in my son's corner. But he doesn't want to train. He didn't want to train. He, he, he had a short attention span. He couldn't focus. And he simply didn't want to train. And one of the reasons for that was everything came easy to him in boxing. It didn't end up that way. But, you, you know, the only other comparison I could make, I guess, would be that trumpet player Chet Baker, who two weeks after he took up trumpet as a teenager, as a young kid, he was playing full songs. He just had it. It came easy to him. And so Benitez, when he won the world junior welterweight title, he won it against Kid Cervantes, uh, um, Antonio Cervantes, Kid Pambella, as they called him. And, you know, his age was listed at 17. He's the youngest world welterweight or uh, junior welterweight champion ever. Later on, when researchers did a deep dive, they found out that he wasn't 17. He was 15 when he won this first world title. I don't think he's ever been a world champion at any age at 15. I mean, Ali won two, seven years older. This, this guy was 15, and he beat Cervantes for the junior welter. Then he beat the magnificent Carlos Palomino, one of the great champions at welter. And then he had this fight with Sugar Ray Leonard, who was the 1976 media uh, darling in the Olympics, where he won a gold medal in the junior welterweight division, and an incredible fighter. And he was the number one ranked fighter for WBC in the welterweight division. He was also the the um, natural heir to the throne of world's most popular. Was gorgeous, and his skills were perfect. He was flawless. He had hand speed that people couldn't believe. He was incredibly smart fighter, incredibly great improviser in the ring, tremendous footwork, tremendous power. I mean, he had it all. Tremendous um, um, interpretation of what to do. He had great ring geography and great anticipation is the word I was looking for. But speaking of anticipation, 
Wilfredo Benitez's nickname was Radar, El Radar, because he could, it was uncanny. You know, he'd be in front of you. They're both Orthodox fighters and you'd throw a punch. You wouldn't, you know, you'd throw a jab and you throw a right hand or you throw a straight right or a hook off your jab and you wouldn't have any tells. You wouldn't move your shoulder. It wouldn't be anything that a fighter could pick up on, but somehow he knew. Somehow Benitez could stand in front of you and look at you in the eye and you could throw a left and he just knew it was coming and could avoid it. And that became extremely frustrating for his opponents. And it was an incredible thing to witness because he didn't really put much effort into it. You know, he was a great fighter, but he didn't really train. So he's dominating all of these fights. And he had his father, Gregorio Benitez, as his trainer, who did a great job with him, but was frustrated because his son would never listen. And of course, uh, Ray Leonard had the greatest trainer of all time, um, Angelo Dundee. And this fight was an interesting meeting of the minds because Ray said that it was like fighting yourself in a mirror. It was like looking in a mirror. He said, I missed more in this fight, more punches than ever, any other fight I ever had in all my career fights combined. And that's saying something. He said, he just, whatever I threw, he just knew it was coming. I don't know how he knew. I wasn't tipping it with my eyes or my shoulders or my feet. He just knew. And to watch these two guys go at it, it would be like watching two chess masters go at it. Um, Benitez came in at 146 pounds, and uh, uh, Ray did, excuse me, and Benitez came in at 144 pounds. Uh, November 30th, Caesars Palace at Las Vegas. The referee was Carlos Padilla. November 30th, 1979 is an interesting date. A week before um, uh, the fight happened, uh, Wilfredo Scipion, Wilfred Scipion beat Willie Klassen, and Klassen died after the fight. So this fight, Carlos Padilla, the referee who also refereed the thrill in Manila between Ali and Frazier and many other fights, was told to keep your eye on the condition of both fighters. We don't want a repeat of a fighter getting hurt and then continuing and dying. Boxing cannot afford that. So... He, was he did a really good job, and he let the fighters fight, but he was really quick on it uh, when, when the fight ended in the 15th round. But we'll get to that. Judge Harry, Gribbs, Judge Harry Gibbs excuse me, is from Britain. Now, he was the one that Hagler didn't want when he fought Leonard because it made no sense because he wasn't treated well by the British fans. And so Gibbs sits out the fight with Hagler and Leonard. They bring in Jojo Guerra, who scores the fight, something like 10 rounds, Leonard, two rounds. Hagler and Gibbs scored it unofficially for the BBC, and he had Hagler winning. So if Hagler hadn't objected, he would have retained his title. Um, Harry Gibbs had it 136-134 for Benitez at the time it ended in the 15th round. Art Lurie had it 137-130, and Ray Solis had it 137-133. And those are all great scores. Uh, in the first four rounds of the fight, Ray seems to be having no problem you know, outquicking Benitez. He's landing his left jab, which Angel kept saying, use the stick, jab, jab, jab to the stomach, jab to the head. And then he would throw the left hook off the jab, which was effective against Benitez. He'd also come over with the right hand, especially when Benitez tried to jab him and Ray would slip inside it and throw the right counter hand. Um, Benitez was, as I said, a WBC welterweight champion. And Leonard was, they say, the number two rated fighter. But really, he was the most popular fighter in the world. It was broadcast in prime time on ABC. Also on this card 
was the Marvin Hagler Vito Antifermo fight, in which Hagler beat the hell out of Vito Antifermo, and the fight came out a draw, which is why Hagler had no faith in Las Vegas and judges. That's why when he fought Leonard in 87, he thought it doesn't matter about the judges because it's not going to go to distance. I'm going to take him out beforehand. And Hagler made the mistake of saying, sure, it'll be 12 rounds. Sure, we'll have a longer ring, a wider ring. You can have all of that. It doesn't make a difference. I'm still going to knock you out. I'm not going to let the judges screw me. But this wasn't the first time he was screwed. Also in the fight, uh, Marvin Johnson uh, won the world light heavyweight title by knocking out Victor Galindez, who lost to Mike Rossman, beat him again, and then Johnson, who was just a fantastic heavyweight, um, knocked out Galindez, um, you know, to win the title. And Leonard came into the fight as a three to one uh, three to one favorite. Now Benitez was getting paid one point two million. His manager was Bill Caton and Jim Jacobs, the same as Edwin Rosario and later on Mike Tyson. And Leonard got a million dollars for the fight. And this was the richest payday for anyone to write the fight up until that point, uh, especially any fight that was not held in the heavyweight division. Um, and it's funny, Gregorio Benitez, who was the father and trainer, wrote an article uh, for Ring Magazine, Why Benitez Won't Win. I mean, his own father wrote this in November 79. And he said, he hasn't listened to me. He won't do what I, what I tell him to do. He won't train. He can't pay attention. He has no focus. And then he said, you know, my son would rather be anywhere else but then in a gym training. And that was simply true. But Benitez was so skilled that he thought he didn't need to spend all that time training. And it's incredible the fight turned out the way it did with a guy that trained for one day and still gave Sugar Ray Leonard the best fight he ever had. And in fact, Gregorio was so disgusted with his son, Wilfredo, that he said, you know, you could offer me 200 grand. You could offer me a million. I'm not working the corner. However, after much pleading from his son, he did end up working the quarter for the fight. And he said, I don't think Wilfredo, he later admitted, I didn't think Wilfredo could lose because he was the best fighter pound for pound in the world. Best footwork, best, best eyesight, best field division, best hands, best feet, had put punches together well, could absorb good shots, but also could avoid them better than any other fighter in the world. So he said, if I say, you know, I can't tell him, though, that he's not going to win or that he is going to win, because if I tell him he's going to win, then he won't work. He thinks if I believe he wins, then he doesn't have to train. He doesn't realize you always have to train. Uh, the crowd was about 4,600 to 5,000 at Caesars Palace Pavilion. And UPI had to fight 139-129 letter. And KO Magazine had at 137-128 letter. Uh, so the interesting thing is, you can see this on ESPN Classic, Sugar Ray Leonard, historian uh, Bert Sugar was on. Bert was one of my mentors, and he said that because of the death one week before of Woodley Klassen, you know, Padilla stopped the fight in the 15th round after Benitez went down, and they asked him, Ray, did you have a problem with that? And he said, no, I had no problem with that. There's no reason to have another fatal injury in the sport of boxing. That's the one thing we didn't need. The great writer William Knack, who wrote about Horse racing a lot, also wrote about boxing, and he wrote a wonderful article on the fight after. And in the first, you know, 30 seconds of the fight, both guys came out, and, you know, there were just all these incredible moves and fakes. In fact, the stare down was incredible because they stood there just staring at each other's eyes for 30 seconds, and you could see the sweat pouring out Benitez. This was 
two men of equal skill not backing down from each other mentally. And in a fight like that, where the skill is equal, it comes down to who can better impose their will on the other man. And Ray Leonard was the one who could do that. Leonard was moving and jabbing through the whole fight. His plan was to move and jab, throw left hooks off the jab, and then come over, counter Benitez's uh, left hand with his with his right hook or straight right. And Angelo kept saying, you know, forget the head, go to the body, just hit his body, hit him in the right, hit him with your right hand in the side there and near his kidney, and then hit him in the left and the liver. And, and Ray said, but he's right there in front of me. And Angelo said, yeah, but then he ain't. So no one could set up traps like Wilfredo Benitez. No one could stand, he could stand there with his hands down and you think, well, this will be easy. I, you know, I'm going to throw a left jab and a right hand, but I'll switch him up. I'll throw a straight right and then a left hook. Still couldn't hit him. It was the most frustrating thing. But Ray was contained. He was in himself. And when you watch them, when you watch the fight, as I was doing earlier today, there's thousands of feints in every three minutes of the round. Head feints, shoulder feints, arm feints, foot feints. It, it's incredible to watch each guy trying to feint the other one into position to get hit. And most of the time, they just didn't go for the things. You know, Ray had to punch in between punches. You know, I hope Benitez's punches to land, like last night when Loma beat. Um, uh, but that's another story. So this said that we lost the feed, so I don't know if we lost the feed. So until I'm informed by my producer, Eric, that the feed is lost, I'll keep talking. Um, Leonard, uh, in the early part of the fight, um, thank you, uh, was moving and jabbing, and it, it looked like it was going to be easy because in the first four rounds, he was moving and jabbing, catching him with the left hand and coming overhand with the right. He was hitting him to the body with left hands, and Benitez was just swarming up. Leonard didn't realize, I don't think at the time, that Benitez's, in, in Benitez's mind, he figured, well, it'll take two to three to four rounds. He faked a, a right hand, and then he came over with a really sweet left hook and caught Benitez on the chin. And Benitez sort of staggered backwards, but he recovered. And when Landon went in to hit him again, he was gone. Al Radar. You could see what was coming, and then he was gone. Uh, in the third round, uh, they're fainting each other, and Leonard's going to the body. And Leonard faints a left to the body and then comes up with a left jab to his chin. And Benitez's feet were getting, were preparing for the body shot, got hit in the chin, and he went down. And it was a legitimate knockdown. Leonard, being a very well-schooled fighter by Angelo Dundee, went immediately to What happened with him was a mistake because um, he, he said that uh, he, he, um, he got hit with a good shot, but he's preparing for a different shot, and so we went down. Um, the fight continued from there, and, you know, at that point, I think in the third or fourth round, what happened was they had a headbutt. It was an accident at the headbutt when their heads came together. They were fighting in close, and... Ray got a bit of a swelling, a lump, but... A problem for him, but he didn't let it affect him. It didn't really go into his eyes. 
it came down beside his left eye and over his nose. And Benitez had to ignore that and 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 continue fighting. Um, Benitez, you know, in the fourth round, Benitez started to come on and he caught Leonard with two good right hands. And, uh, you know, the fourth round sort of changed the tone of the fight. It changed the demeanor of the fight because Leonard thought, well, I'm, I'm beating him. a different Alfredo Benitez. I've just mentioned to the producer, it keeps saying on my screen, it seems like one of your streams is not working. So uh, maybe he could get rid of that uh, particular posting. Um, you know, as Leonard said, he adjusted to my style and then it was like fighting in a mirror. You know, it was like looking at yourself in a mirror and every punch you'd throw, you, you yourself would react differently. So it would, made it very difficult because he wasn't weren't, um, uh, weren't, uh, you know, okay, we're going to take a pause here and we're going to figure this out. My internet is dropping in and out. Okay. Refresh. Okay. You're going to have to cut this together though. You understand? Okay. I'll refresh it. it now
Okay, so this is the fight is going well. It looks like Ray's ahead three rounds to zip. It's the fourth round's a very interesting round. Because Ray Leonard said that, you know, in the fourth round he was a different man. It wasn't like he was he was fighting Benitez, but it was like Benitez suddenly turned his switch on and fought a completely different fight. At the beginning, Leonard came out, he was having his way with Benitez, and Benitez caught him with two right-hand leads in the fourth. And a right-hand lead is a sucker punch. It's saying to the guy that you're fighting, I'm going to telegraph my punch, but I'm going to be so quick and so good, you're not going to know what to do when I'm going to land it. And that's what Benitez did. And Leonard wasn't just any other fighter. This was one of the great boxing minds and skilled artists of all time. And Leonard said, you know, I wasn't aware uh, because I hit him so easy earlier on that he had changed completely his outlook and his strategy in the fight. Now it was going to become more difficult. He had adjusted to my style. I didn't realize that I was hitting him so easy because he was gathering information to use against me later on. And Leonard started to have a lot of trouble with Benita, especially catching him with an overhand right. Very difficult because Benitez kept slipping each right hand or dipping under them. And Ray was getting frustrated. And Ray was saying, you know, I don't to Angelo Dundee after the fourth round. I he he just seems to know it's coming. I can't tag him with it. And he's less than two feet away from me. And I still can't tag him with it. And he and Leonard, or let me Angelo said, go to the body. Forget the right hand to the head. Just stick that left in his face. He said, You can't stand in front of this man and hit him with the right hand. He's too good. And that's when he's, you know. There. So concede the right hand, win the fight. Win the fight by jabbing him to the face and to the body. Use the stick. That's what you're going to do. You're going to beat Wilfredo Benitez and win the world title with your left hand. Your left hand is quicker than his. It gets there. It hits him in the face. Hit him on the cut. Hit him in the nose, hit him in the stomach. Keep using your left hand and double up on the left hand and then start throwing left hooks off your left hand. One of the plans they had, because Leonard had been watching fights. He threw the left hook. Uh, it would, um, he would... Uh, throw an uppercut off the left, he would, excuse me, left jab, then a left uppercut. And it was an incredible punch. But Ray didn't want to throw that more than once in the fight because he didn't want to give it away. If he gave it away, Benitez would start looking for it. That's how smart Benitez was. So Benitez had to back off, or excuse me, kept there, you know, landing his rights and lefts. But Leonard had to fight a smart fight. Leonard had to actually think about every punch that he was throwing because otherwise, he didn't want to give Benitez more information. So Leonard really started had to switch up his his retinue uh, of shots. Um, and you know, the fighters stopped faced and stared at each other, and they were flat-footed and they were fainting each other. And it was the most incredible thing because neither was going to throw a punch. Either fighter knew what, uh, both of them knew what was coming after each feint. So it was hard for them. It's like, it's like Leonard said, it's like looking in a mirror. So it was very hard for them, you know, to know what shots to throw. But they kept fainting with their hands and weaving like wind-up dolls. It's like when you see a, um, 
you know, a baseball player hit a home run. And then when he comes to the dugout and congratulated by his teammates, they sort of do these robotic moves as a joke. But that's what it was like with them because they were so good. What they were doing really was searching for openings. Both men were looking for openings and flaws in the other one's defense. And more than looking for openings, they were looking for the beginning of openings. They were looking for how to create openings. And that's why there's a difference between fast and quick. And straight hand speed, both men were incredibly fast, Benitez and especially Ray Leonard. Quick is different. Quick is different than fast. Quick is being able to recognize an opening about to appear and then throwing the punch just as it does appear and capitalizing on it. And both men had that skill, but Leonard had that skill and relied on that skill a lot more than Benitez did. And they were weaving. And as Bill Knack said, they were like wind-up dolls. And uh, it was in the sixth round, actually, not earlier, that they cracked their heads together. And that's when the blood started to flow freely from Benitez. But it didn't really affect him. Benitez would smile when that happened. Even when he went down and knocked down in the third round from a jab, he had a sheepish smile, like, yeah, I got caught by something stupid. And this is the sixth round. They're fighting at a high level. They both had... You know, they're in close. They had the headbutt. Leonard got the well. Benitez got the cut. But Benitez was still smiling. I mean, he only trained a single day. And yet he was fighting pound for pound, the best fighter in the world, at such a high level on skill alone. Uh, his corner treated the cut, and but the cut would keep reopening every time Leonard hit it. And the blood would pour down Benitez's face. And often wouldn't impair his vision. But he still, because he had such a, a comfortability in the ring, and knew exactly where he was, that he still was able to fight well, land his punches, and, and anticipate well the punches that Ray Leonard was throwing back. Also, earlier in the fight, uh, uh, we don't know what round it was, in the first four rounds, he broke his left thumb, but he hit it. But he kept shaking his left hand during the fight, so we don't know. It, you know, no one picked up on that. They thought, is he doing it because he's about to throw it? Is it is it, is it is it a fake or a feint? But actually, he'd broken his left thumb. And I've had a broken left thumb from playing hardball. And I got to tell you, it hurts like hell. And even after they gave me the morphine, it hurt like hell. So the fight, to keep fighting in a fight, it shows you how incredibly tough Benitez was. Both men were incredibly tough. That's one thing that Larry Merchant told me, Ray Leonard never got credit for, that he was one tough son of a bitch that of all the guys he fought, he was super tough. And it was an odd fight because there was a lot of ring craft going on, a lot of, you know, faking, parrying of punches, blocking punches, you know, Ray standing there catching a lot of Benitez's punches. Benitez is slipping his punches, Ray's punches. And you wonder, how did he see that coming? There's no way he could have seen it coming. Ray didn't know what he was going to throw. And Benitez was able to anticipate it. It wasn't that he saw it coming. He thought he's going to throw straight left and moved as Leonard threw a straight left and was able to duck under it. And that's frustrating to a fighter. He knows when I'm going to throw before I know it myself. And that's how great Benitez was. Uh, they weren't able to dominate. You know, neither man could dominate. Neither could move the other guy around. Neither could set the other man up. Neither could faint him out of position or faint him into position to get caught with a big punch. And there wasn't a lot of banging. You know, Leonard, obviously the stronger man, landed the heavier blows and um and you know Benitez was tagged by his blows and a couple of times Benitez you know his knees buckled two or three times during the fight but then he just disappeared he just got out of the way ducked under shots clinched he just he was a hard guy to get out of there uh in the ninth round um 
uh, Ray caught him and just landed a bevy of shots, like a flurry of six, seven, eight shots, threw Benitez back into the ropes, but Benitez recovered. Uh, he held on to Leonard. He rope-a-doped uh, Ali. And, you know, in that round, uh, he probably missed more punches, Ray Leonard, than he had in his 25 previous fights, according to him. So um, he, Leonard said after the fight, no one could make me miss punches. He said later in his career, no one made me miss punches the way that Benitez did. He said he was just so slick, so good, and it was just difficult to hit him. And, you know, it would be like playing chess against a robot, you know, or artificial intelligence. You just don't – it's a frustrating thing to be in the best shape of your life, fighting the best fight of your life, and still you can't get this guy – even if you nail him with a good shot, he's gone in a second. This is what Chevallo said about Ali, that it was the speed that changed it. It was a paradigm shift, that Ali would land four or five shots, and when you went to throw one back, Ali, you look, and Ali was 10 feet across the ring, and that was Rafredo Benitez. And in the first 14 rounds, it was a boxing lesson because they used every feint, every maneuver, head feint, foot feint, shoulder feint, arm feint, fist feint, eyes, everything they could to to get the other guy right into position to whack him. And Benitez had a smile on his face. And as they said later, this wasn't personal. They liked each other. They were friends. It, it wasn't like Devin Haney shoving uh, Lomachenko. That, you know, they shook hands, they hugged until the fight. You know, and then you're not friends, obviously. They had that incredible stare down. But it wasn't personal. Ray had his destiny. His destiny was to become the undisputed world welterweight champion, the best fighter on the planet. And eventually he'd be fighting Thomas Terrence, the WBA champion. And the fight, you know, uh, they went into the 15th. Uh, it was it was thought they both needed to win the rounds. It was a very, very close fight. And Leonard was in front, though, after 14 rounds uh, on all three scorecards, I think by at least two points two or three points and you know boxing is the art of self-defense and as the english judge harry gibbs said and you got to give benitez credit because he made leonard miss a lot and you don't get points for making a guy miss but it was gibbs who had it 136 134 which was the closest of all the scorecards so when it came to the 15th round all the fainting all the defensive maneuvers all the head feints all of that went out the door as they stood toe-to-toe -to -toe in ring center and slugged it out. Because Leonard thought, this is it. I'm the bigger man. I'm the stronger man. I'm going to knock him out. I got to stop him. I can't go to the judges' scorecards. I want the title. This is when, as George Foreman would say, it comes down to Juana. It comes down to who wants it more. The skill level of both men is equivalent. You know, Benitez is behind. He doesn't know that, though. It looks like an even fight. Leonard knows that he, he's got to impose his will. That's the only thing he can do. He's got to close the distance and just let his hands go, as Angelo said, and try to knock him out. Leonard didn't know he was ahead in all three scorecards. If that round, if it goes to the scorecards, Leonard wins the title anyways. But Leonard wanted to close in, in spectacular fashion, and Leonard is one of the great closers of all time in the history of professional boxing. So they go into the 15th round. And as I said, he'd been watching Wilfredo Gomez, the Super Bantam champ, who was brilliant at throwing a devastating left uppercut off a left jab. And it worked particularly well because for Leonard, because what happened with Leonard for the whole fight is he would throw the left jab and then he'd throw a left hook. So Benitez 
is standing there. He catches the jab, and he's waiting for the hook to come around. And so Leonard throws the jab, but instead of throwing the hook, he's ready for the hook, Benitez. He comes under and catches Benitez unaware, and he drops him. And that's what happened was he threw the up, he threw the left jab, and then he stepped inside, and he, uh, he threw the uppercut. Benitez didn't see that coming, and he caught him on the chin, and Benitez went down to his knees. He was fine. You know, he's a bit groggy, but he, he got up. And he was able to walk gingerly back to his corner. He was a bit, teeny bit wobbly, but he was still there. He was kicking his legs, moving his arms to get the feeling back, to get the blood flowing again. And Leonard moved in. Leonard was one of the best finishers ever. And he he threw two more heavy shots to the head. And Carlos Padilla stepped in and stopped the fight. And people were a bit upset. They thought you could have let the fight go. You could have let him get knocked down one more time. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that because, as I said, Willie Klassen had died a week before, and they, boxing didn't want to have another black eye. And Benitez was so popular and such a great fighter, they wanted to help him out. And so Leonard won the fight, and he was the new WC World Welterweight Champion. And the fight here, yes, 254, six seconds left. 254 is the 15th round. 15 rounds, that was a hard fight. Angelo Dundee later said after the fight that from a technical standpoint, there was more done in this fight, he said, that I've seen done for a long time. And this was 79, and Angelo had been around from the, from the middle 40s, so that's going 30, 35 years. He said, you saw two smart scientific fighters, two champions in the ring at the same time, and the great thing is they brought out the best in each other. Benitez didn't complain over the stoppage. They hugged each other. Uh, Jacobs Benitez's co-manager said, I'm glad he stopped the fight. I didn't want to see Wilfredo get hurt. And after Ray Leonard said, this was the way I'll fight you then. He's a great champion. I love Wilfredo Benitez. He fought with a lot of spirit, and I don't think anyone else on the planet can beat him. And Benitez was very courteous. He said, Ray is the best in the world now. I was happy to get to fight with him. He's a great man, a great challenger, and I think he will prove to be an outstanding and great champion. You don't see fighters say that today. You know, for instance, last night, the Loma fight with Haney, it wasn't necessarily Haney's arrogance. It was his father's arrogance. Why should there be a rematch? My son won every round. It was lopsided. It wasn't lopsided. It was a close fight that I thought Loma won. I don't think it was a deliberate robbery. I just think the judges were incompetent. But Benitez and Leonard put it up there, you know, like Chagall, or Matisse, or Manet, and said, here it is, or Van Gogh, it's a masterpiece, try to match it. And I, I've never seen a fight that good since. I've seen a lot of great fights that were great fights for different reasons. You know, so the Castillo-Diego Corrales fight, uh, the first fight was one of the most incredible fights I've ever seen, if not the most incredible. But this was the most artistic, the most beautifully fought, the most skill I've ever seen in a prize fight. These men deserve you know, to be remembered all the time. The fight's available on YouTube. And uh, Leonard just celebrated his, I think, 66th, 67th birthday. And he's in great shape. He's done well. He was smart with his money. He's got all his brains intact. Whereas Benitez lost his money. He ended up fighting and living in Winnipeg. Then they found him and they moved him to, to Chicago. And I think he's back with his family in, in Puerto Rico. Um, 
Uh, Benitez continued after he got beaten by other fighters, Ray Leonard, not Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns. Unfortunately, he got savaged by uh, at junior middleweight by Matthew Hilton, but Matthew Hilton destroyed everyone. So, um, you know, he just fought too long and he suffered pugilistic dementia. And I think he now weighs, as I said before, 100 or something pounds. He looks terrible, but he is improving. Um, what people don't know about Ray Leonard is he often helps out fighters like Benitez, not just mentally, but financially as well. But Ray doesn't want people to know about that. He doesn't want that to be spoken of. And Ray just celebrated his birthday this past week. So if you ever had the privilege of meeting him, he's just a wonderful, fantastic person. And pound for pound, probably I would say the greatest fighter ever to have lived. Benitez was special, you know, to win a world title at 15 years of age. And then to beat the great Carlos Palomino. People today don't understand how brilliant Carlos Palomino was. Palomino was one of the all-time great welterweight champions. Brilliant fighter. Went on to have a really good acting career. Very literate, articulate man. Brilliant in the ring. And Benitez beat him. So Benitez was, there was no one like him before. And there's been no one like him since. To put that little work into training and then to go on and dominate the best fighter in the world is incredible. Both men are still alive. We're lucky for that. Their fights are on YouTube, and we're lucky for that. But you will never in your life, it's 2023, it's May, it's Sunday. I'm telling you right now, you look at the Benitez, Sugar Ray Leonard fight, you'll never see an artistic masterpiece or two brilliant boxers at the top of their game as good as you see in this fight for the next 500 to 1,000 years. It just isn't possible. It'd be like watching Willie Pep fight himself. These these were two magnificent warriors who turned boxing into an art form and raised a level of skill to genius. And if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. Next week, we have a special treat. We have a good friend of mine, William Detloff. Bill Detloff with his book, uh, Miracle Man, about the immortal uh, Matthew Saad Muhammad, the great world light heavyweight champion, who I remember very well. and. William's book is is fantastic. You can get it on Amazon, William Detloff, D-E-T-L-O-F-F. And you can go under Miracle Man and or just type in Matthew Saad Muhammad. And it's an engrossing book. And I just warn you, if you pick it up, you'll read it all the way through. And he's going to be our guest all next all next Sunday for the whole show. And he's going to fill us in on the amazing career of Matthew Saad Muhammad. When I did the movie Cinderella Man, I said to Ron Howard, this is one story, Jim Braddock's, of thousands that could be made into movies. Matthew Saad Muhammad's life was a movie in and of itself from where he came from to where he ended up. Each fight was like a different chapter. They were so exciting. And, uh, but we're gonna save that for next week. And we'll see you next week with Odette Loft and Miracle Man Matthew Saad Muhammad. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Bye-bye.